This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, today's gospel gives us the wonderful and challenging parable of the talents. We know the contours of the story well. A man goes on a journey, but before leaving, he entrusts his money to three of his servants. To one he gives five talents, to a second two, and to a third one, each one according to his ability. Now, a first point to note here, a talent was a good deal of money in the ancient world. So even the servant who's received only one talent has got a fair amount of money. This is not a trivial sum we're dealing with. Then, the story goes on, that man went away. The first servant traded with the five talents, risking them on the open market. Don't we know today, by the way, what a danger that is? The second does the same, and both receive a rich return on their investment, doubling their money. Third man, Cautious, he buries his talent, sure to return it to his master upon his return. When the owner returns, he praises the first two servants and gives them greater responsibility. The third man he upbraids, you wicked, lazy servant. Okay, we know that story well. Jesus loved to use examples drawn from rural life. A lot of examples of those. But he was also partial to images taken from the world of business. And I think maybe for us, especially in the Western world, those might be even more telling. They're closer to our own experience. He especially liked this dynamic of investment, risk, and return as a model of the spiritual life. And I want to meditate a bit on that. Investment, risk, and return provide a very good model for thinking about the spiritual life. Now, the reason for this is clear, and I've said it to you often before. God exists in gift form. God is the one who gives. The divine being is a kind of letting be. It's a being for the other. We see that, of course, in the very inner life of God, the relation between the Trinitarian persons. The Father is the Father only in relation to the Son. The Son is the Son only in relation to the Father. The Spirit is the relationship between the Father and the Son. God is a letting be. Therefore, if you want God's life in you, you must become conformed to his way of being. Now, it's a paradox, I know. You want something in you. You want God's life in you. So you have to take. Uh Uh-uh. Because God is not taking. God is a letting be. Therefore, you have to learn how to give if you want to have God. Let that sink into your heart, that little formula. 
That's a way of summing up the Christian life. You've got to learn to give if you want to have God. May I submit to you, fellow sinners, that's a reason why it's so hard for most of us to have God. Because we're skating on the edge of a paradox. Think of the talents now in this parable as everything that we've received from God. Life, breath, being, all of our powers of mind and will. Because they come from God, they are meant to become gifts. If you cling to them in the manner of that third servant, they don't grow. In fact, they wither away. Again, there's the heart of it. Life, breath, being, powers, everything in you came from God. Therefore, it's meant to be in gift form. When your mind becomes a gift, then it increases in power. When your will becomes a gift, it becomes more powerful. When your emotions become gifts, then they become richer. But if you cling to them to make them your own, to make them serve your private egotistic need, they will fade away. So, notice... The first two servants receive more. Why? Because they risked what they've been given. They were willing to give it away, and they thereby doubled their wealth. And that's why that paradoxical principle holds. We hear it at the end of this parable. Quote, To everyone who has, more will be given, and he will grow rich. Now, what does that mean? It seems unfair, doesn't it? To everyone who has, more will be given and he will grow rich. What it means is this. The one who truly has the divine life knows how to make it a gift. And that, in turn, will make the original wealth increase. Again, it's a paradox, isn't it? If you really have the divine life, then you know what it is. You know it's a gift. You give it away and it thereby increases. And the opposite holds. Again, I'm quoting from the Lord here. From the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Now, again, it seems kind of unfair, doesn't it? So that, let me get this straight. The one who doesn't have a lot, even the little he thinks he has, will be taken away. But again, it's, it's on this edge of a paradox. It means... If you try to cling to the divine life, in other words, you don't really have it, you will, in short order, lose it. The divine life cannot be clung to because the divine life is in gift form. Therefore, if you spend your life clinging, you, in fact, will lose. What happens is that we sinners get caught in a bad rhythm trying continually to fill ourselves up when, in fact, we should be emptying ourselves out. In the language of Peter Morin, we're a country of go-getters, and we should become a country of go-givers. Let that little anomaly stay in your mind. You want to train your kids to be go-getters. That sounds good in our American culture. No, says Peter Morin, you want them to be Christians. Make them go givers. Okay. 
Now, that's the general principle, and it applies across the board in the spiritual life. But I'd like now to apply it to a particular case, one that's close to my own heart. I'm talking about evangelization or the sharing of the faith. Life will grow, we've seen, in the measure that you give it away. Being increases in the measure that you give it away. And so your faith will increase in the measure that you share it. Stay with that principle. Your faith will grow in the measure that you share it. Now, I know there are a lot of people today who struggle with unbelief or with weakened faith. I know in the contemporary world, our faith is under attack from a lot of different angles. I mentioned before, just walk into any bookstore. You'll find all kinds of books attacking religion, attacking the whole idea of God. Life, too, has a way of knocking our faith around, making us doubt God's love, perhaps even God's existence. Just anyone who's been through a loss of a loved one, been through a sickness, been through a financial reversal, been through some tragedy, is very tempted to say, there's no God, or God doesn't care. Now, in the face of these difficulties and these attacks, remember the principle. Your faith will get stronger. It will increase in the measure that you give it away. Now, again, I know it's counterintuitive. You think... Look, I can't begin to share my faith unless I'm really sure of it. Unless I've really got it down, I shouldn't be sharing it. No, I suggest to you it works almost the opposite. It's in the very act of sharing it that your faith increases and becomes stronger. It would be wrong to wait around to see if your faith gets strong enough. No, no, start giving it away even now. And you'll find it grow stronger. Again, remember the economic context of Jesus' parable. Money won't grow unless it's risked. A safe strategy, a completely conservative strategy, is in fact self-defeating. So, your faith has to be risked. That means putting it out there. Now again, our American context says privatize your faith. Just keep it to yourself. and It's kind of bad form to come out publicly with your faith. That's a short road to losing your faith, I think. You've got to put your faith to some degree in danger. Opening it up to ridicule or question or indifference. Mind you, it's never been easy to share the Christian faith. Never. From the time of Stephen and Paul and James and John, to Billy Graham and John Paul II. In fact, the more public you become, the more dangerous things often are. Just to give you an example from my own life in a much more minor key, I've been doing these um, little videos on YouTube, which is probably the most popular Internet site in the world. And I just, oh, I've done about 30 of them now, just commentary on popular culture and movies and music and what's going on, books and so on. And several of them have been explicit defenses of belief in God in the face of these atheist attacks. Well, (laughs) the comments that I receive on these things are often very sharp, very critical. 
I don't mean sharp in the sense of intelligent because very few of them are really intelligent, but they're very critical. Well, okay, okay. The propagation of the faith, the coming public with the faith, has always been a dangerous business. But your faith will not grow unless you give it away. And so can I urge you with this reading of the parable of the talents in mind, find some path, find some avenue for the propagation of your faith. Find some way concretely to share it, to teach it, to preach it, to announce it. Maybe it's explicit teaching in your parish. Maybe it's becoming an instructor in the CCD program. It might be a more subtle form of evangelization at, at home or work among your friends. You know, in a quiet way, letting people know what you believe and why. Being ready to defend the faith when people attack it. Maybe having a symbol of your faith up in your place of work. Give it away. Give it away. Difficult? Yep, it is. In fact, the more public you are, the more difficult things become very often. But there's a great payoff. Just as risking your money. Dangerous? Yes. But a great payoff can await you. The doubling of your money. So, the doubling of your faith, the increase of your faith, which comes from this risky strategy. So if you're listening to me right now and you're saying, I, I, I just wish I had a better faith, a richer faith. Okay, okay. Find some concrete way to share it. And you'll find it growing 30, 60, and 100 fold. And God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love. Friends, I'd like to invite you to visit my free YouTube channel and join over 40,000 subscribers. Each week I post video commentaries on topics ranging from Catholic teaching to world news to pop culture. Subscribe free and you'll receive my newest videos straight to your inbox. Just visit youtube.com slash wordonfirevideo.